This is episode number 17 with Tim from Tech with Tim. Hey, welcome back you guys. I'm Ishan Sharma and you are listening to Bitscast. Steve Jobs said, everyone should learn to code. It teaches you how to think. And today's episode is with Tim from Tech with Tim who runs a YouTube channel with over 200,000 subscribers and talks about coding tutorials on how you can get better at computer science, how you can learn software development, what projects you need to make. He has some great tutorials on Python programming, deep learning, machine learning, you name it, and he has an amazing tutorial for it. How did he learn to code as a 12-year-old and how has his journey been like now that he is running a YouTube channel with over 200,000 subscribers. Some great tips for all of you guys that are learning to code, developers out there, uh, if you want to go into hackathons. We talked about how you can get into hackathons. How has LinkedIn helped him out as a professional? Make sure that you listen to the end and also share it with your friends. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. And now let's get into the episode. for joining me here for this podcast episode i'm really excited to have you here and man how are you doing there i'm doing well thanks for having me on man um you know you reached out a few months ago and i saw you're doing these podcasts consistently and I, this is really great what you're doing so i'm happy to be on yeah thank you so much so like i'm actually really curious to know what your journey has been uh, you know being a cs student in university of ottawa and also running a youtube channel first of all how, how is it like being a student in uh, university of ottawa Sure. So University of Ottawa is a great university. Um, I mean, it's the nation's capital. Honestly, compared to some other higher tech universities like Waterloo or U of T, it's fairly easy in computer science, but it's great. I enjoy it. You know, I have some great friends and it's nice because it's it's kind of a great balance as opposed to those yeah. more hardcore universities you may have heard of in Canada. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. University of Waterloo is seen as uh, really hardcore in terms of mathematics and computer science. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, extreme. That, that's what I've heard here. Yeah. You, you don't really talk much about your college on your on your YouTube channel. So I was actually kind of curious to know about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm actually really curious to know what uh, the uh, process is of you making a YouTube video. First of all, how do you come up with the idea of it? Okay, sure. So honestly, I'm like always thinking of YouTube video ideas, like just constantly. Uh, and I have, I'm not sure, I have a few videos where I kind of go through this a little bit. I have a big whiteboard in my room. And pretty much what I do is whenever I come up with something that I think could be interesting. I just write it down on the whiteboard and I have like a list of just constantly like 20, 30 videos. And then what I'll typically yeah. do is kind of go through that list and be like, okay, which one is is the best? Like, which one do I think is going to do well? Which one is going to benefit the audience as much? And then I also look through the comments and see what other people are saying, like what they're asking for. So then I pick one. I'm like, okay, this is the video topic I want to do today. And depending on whether it's like an educational tutorial video or a more like face-to-face video where I'm using my camera, that'll kind of dictate how I'm going to actually film and record that. If I'm doing one that's more of a tutorial video, then obviously I need to make sure that I really know that topic well before I start teaching it. So that's kind of the basis. And then I'll kind of make some notes while I'm learning the topic and think about things that I found were difficult and things that I should, you know, focus on more when I'm going to teach it. And then I just boot up my webcam and just do a few different takes. Um, You know, the first two times just trying to get like get through it make sure that I'm kind of explaining things well enough. Sometimes those are good. And then, you know, if I need to, maybe I'll do a third, fourth take. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how that works for the tutorials. For the cameras, uh, video is a little bit different. I kind of will do film like one or two minutes at a time. Uh, And same thing, just, you know, the first few takes are really rough. And then as I get through it, I kind of figure out in my mind what it is that I want to say and convey. And then by the end, I have some good takes, edit it all together. 
And that's pretty much uh, my process. I mean, depends video by video, but that's the general guideline. And how has YouTube made you a better person overall? Making oh, these YouTube yeah. videos from a long time. Yeah, for sure. YouTube is uh, a huge benefit. That's why I recommend it to everyone, regardless of if you're going to make money, regardless of what you're doing. It's definitely just helped me be a better communicator with people from all around the world, right? Like, you know, when would I ever get to talk to yeah. someone like you if I didn't have a YouTube channel like this? And when <laughs> would I realize that, hey, you know, my videos aren't just going out to a bunch of other Canadians, they're going out to people around the world. So I need to figure out how I can convey information exactly. to everyone, right? And the communication skill is the number one thing that I think has helped me a ton. It also helps me to really appreciate and understand what it's like for someone that's kind of learning some new topics, what they're struggling with because of all the comments that I get. And that helps me again, you know, become a better teacher and, and teach the content in better ways. So the feedback really is, you know, probably the best thing for me in terms of being a better person um, and just yeah. learning how to communicate more effectively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like talking about uh, getting out there and networking with people. How has LinkedIn helped you out in, uh, again, you got the Microsoft internship. So I mean, like how has LinkedIn helped you out in this process? Sure. So uh, for the Microsoft internship, that was actually a little bit, I'm not sure if you know the story behind that, but essentially the way that I actually got that interview was through YouTube. So someone from Microsoft actually reached out to me, not because they wanted to hire me, but for a different reason. And we were just talking, kind of chatting about actually it was, we we're talking about VS Code versus PyCharm. And then I just figured who's at Microsoft, I was looking for an internship soon. So I said, hey, you know, do you guys have any openings? Could I interview? Could you hook me up with a recruiter? And then he did, and that's kind of how the process started. But in LinkedIn, I like that didn't help me directly with the Microsoft interview, but it helps okay. me network with people all the time. Like even, yeah. I mean, you, right? You message me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. A bunch of other people message me on LinkedIn. I make great connections on LinkedIn. I get job offers on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I have it. Just it's a great network and a great kind of platform because everyone's a professional and everyone, you know, there's no negative trolls like you might get from YouTube <laughs> videos, right? Everyone just really is positive and wants to help yeah. each other out. People and that's why I've started posting. People want uh, yeah. to get opportunities over there. Exactly, yeah. That's why I like it because it's everyone that's on that platform is on it for a reason. And we don't just have these people, you know, yelling random gibberish in the YouTube comment section. We have <laughs> people actually giving valuable insight. Obviously, there's some of that, but LinkedIn is one of the better yeah. platforms, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And... Uh, when you are uh, actually making you uh, coding uh, tutorials, have you ever felt that imposter syndrome? I mean, like I feel it a lot whenever I'm coding because like mm -hmm. uh, I'm in my first year and uh, in second semester right now, and I've been coding from the last eight or nine months. Uh, obviously I'm learning from you and free code camp. Yep. And like sometimes it seems like there's just too much to learn. And uh, when I look at these big, huge projects, uh, what it is able to accomplish, I just feel like I'm not able to, you know, I won't be able to do it and uh, it's just, that sort of a feedback negative loop that I get into. So yeah, what do you sure. think, how can I encounter that? For sure. So I've definitely encountered that before. I think anyone would be lying if they told you they haven't. But I think that really comes with experience and like believing in yourself almost. Kind of like a famous quote that I like to say is the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. And any kind of big tech person, any person who learns a lot, who reads, who's you know high in education will tell you that is that there's just so much you're never going to know everything. So for my approach to those kind of projects is let me pick something that I have some kind of general idea how to do. I don't need to know the specifics. There can be some things I don't quite know yet, but something that I think I could figure out, right? And that's kind of my thing. And you guys will see that if you've watched any of my coding live streams, right? Yeah. Is that what I do is I kind of, I try to break down the different steps that I need to take. And I say, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to do this, but I have no idea how to do this. 
So what am I going to do? I'm going to learn how to do this. Right. And that's, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't take on projects because they don't know how to do it immediately. You don't have to know how to do it immediately. And one of the reasons I actually recommend you work on projects is because you learn way more when you do that. You realize like, Hey, I don't know this specific thing. Or while you're in the project, like, Oh, I need to figure out this. And then you can learn that specifically and apply it to the project. So I would encourage you and anyone really, you know, if you don't know how to do something, that's fine. You know, even a big project, you will be able to accomplish that project. It might just take you much longer. You might have to stop one day and, you know, say, okay, I can't work on this day. I need to learn this topic. And then tomorrow, come back and apply that topic to your project, right? Um, I don't know if that, does that help you at all? Is that a decent answer to that? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. And uh, what does your uh, day look like uh, as a college student and as a YouTuber? How do you manage it all? It's a good question. Yeah. So uh, yeah, time management is definitely the skill that I would say I've had to build the most from doing this. Uh, I started doing this in high school. So I started earlier already kind of managing my day and figuring things out. But my day is typically like try to get up. I usually try to get up around seven or eight, like, you know, a decent time. And for the first okay. maybe like half an hour in the morning, I kind of just try to plan out everything I need to do in the day and figure out how long it's going to take me relatively to do these tasks. So I try to prior prioritize school. But usually I'll do half the day YouTube, half the day school, and I'll say, okay, I need to do, you know, this assignment, this project, this paper today, and then I need to film a video, I need to edit, I need to answer emails, I need to do that, right? So there's so many different things on any given day, I couldn't tell you what it looks like, but the, the tip for me is just breaking down each hour, or each half an hour block of time and saying, what am I going to spend doing, and making sure that I stay with that, and that I do that, and not kind of letting off, or taking a break, or even just like, doing something that's maybe not work until I finish all of those tasks. And I enjoy yeah. doing them. So it's not like I'm, you know, working myself to the bone here. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I like to do just at the beginning, plan everything out and then really try my best to stick to that plan and just really determine like, this is the goal for today until I finish these goals, you know, nothing else is happening. That That's what I usually do. So yeah, I probably said I'd work for about 10 to 12 hours a day between school and YouTube. 10 to 12 hours a day. That That's, that's significant amount of time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like time it, though, to right? chill out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I always I try to shut down at like 8 p.m., uh, like 8, 9 p.m., depending on when I get up and how how efficient I am during the day. And then for me, you know, until from nine until when I go to bed, like that's my own time. That's, I can do what I want with that. And, you know, sometimes I'll take, take a day off if I have to. This isn't like a strict schedule. It's just I do enjoy doing a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. And it kind of it gets addictive. You know, anyone who works a lot will tell you that it's genuinely there's a reason there's workaholics. To, it's addictive to work that long. You're getting so much done. You're being hey, so efficient. You're, you're like, well, why would so I stop now and watch Netflix when this. I could, you know, make, make another sure YouTube you video or I could post another LinkedIn the article or whatever it, really it is, right? The world to me. Yeah. And now let's get back to the podcast. Okay, so can you actually take me back to your childhood and uh, when you actually started to code? And what was that point like? And uh, were your parents like, uh, uh, you know, helping you out with it, or were mm -hmm. they saying that no, you have to go out and play, you don't have to you know, <laughs> sit and code all day? Yeah, that's funny. So I think a lot of people get the misconception that I'm actually just like a super nerd, and I definitely am. <laughs> but I was actually a really high-performing athlete when I was in probably since I was about yeah nine, ten into fifteen or sixteen. So I actually played um, like high-level soccer, like I played on the Ontario soccer team. I played Whoa. hockey, um, like I was a track runner, I did track and field. So not like to be cocky or anything, but I was, you know, definitely very athletic. And that was 
most of my evenings were spent doing things like that. But when I wasn't doing that or when I got home from school and I finished my work or whatever, I, so let's say that maybe like 10, 11, 12 here, um, I was just really interested in programming. So I, I think I got a computer when I was maybe like 10. Um, my parents bought that for me. It was like a really crappy, like Sony, Sony computer. I don't even <laughs> think they make those anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just w- was always a kid who school was really easy for me. Like elementary school was, was just really, really easy. I didn't have to try. I didn't have to do homework. You know, you could show up to a math test, not have done any work and still get an A plus on the test. So I need to find something for me to do when I wasn't, you know, doing schoolwork or studying. So I was just really interested in how things worked and computers just really attracted me. They were just like, I was so fascinated with how this box here, how I can type things on it, how I can do all these things and how all this works. So I started just kind of looking some stuff up and somehow someday, don't ask me how, cause I don't remember, <laughs> I came across coding. And I was like, right. and it's probably, probably similar with some of uh, most people that are listening to this as well. Yeah. I was just super intrigued with how, what coding was and how it worked. And I remember my first thing was like doing HTML code. And I was so blown away when I typed like, you know, H3, H3. <laughs> and like, I ran the, the web page and a header popped up, right? Hello world. And, yeah, oh, no. exactly. Hello world. Yeah, exactly. The, the standard program is just real, like what 12 year old me sitting in front of a computer, I'm no genius, right? And I'm able to do that. I was just so fascinated. So I yeah. just kept learning and learning and learning. And that just became my new hobby. And like, yes, I still went out and I hung out with friends. And I probably, like, I didn't co- program for more than one or two hours a day when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. But it's just something I really yeah. liked doing. And when I had spare time or I, my friends weren't hanging out or we weren't going to the park or something, that's what I would be doing. So I just got really into it. And then by the time I was like 14, 15, and I was in uh, getting into high school, I was getting much better at it. And my dad wasn't in, he's not necessarily in high tech, but he's in kind of a tech field. So he had a lot of colleagues that were programmers or that knew how to program that kind of guided me along the way on like, okay, you should try learning this language. This is like your next yeah. step. And then by the time I was 14 or 15, you know, I'd already learned so much about programming that I'm was at, I would say probably like a first year university level in terms of that kind of like the courses you would learn. Like I'd already done object oriented programming. I learned C sharp, you know, I'd gone through HTML, JavaScript, CSS, PHP, because I'd spent all that time as a kid learning it. Um, and yeah, I just that that's kind of how I got into it. I, I really wish I could remember back further because I would love to give like a full story of how I got yeah. into it. But it was just it's just so fascinating. And even today, like that's why I love coding. Like I'll, that's why I do those live streams, because it's just so fascinating to me that I can sit at a computer and, you know, with my hands, create these massive applications that millions of people could use. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, that is amazing to know. And like for me, uh, I actually started off in at the age of 14. I was just okay. randomly playing uh, some games on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. There's a game called Dragon City or uh, what's, what's it called? Sorry? Okay, and and Dragon City. No, okay, no, I haven't heard of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was just playing that, and uh, I used to tinker with electronics a lot. Maybe that's why I got into electrical engineering right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so what happened is that I was literally just uh, going through some games and then I was like, I'm, I'm really interested into how I can make a game. And so uh, mm-hmm. first of all, I made a tic-tac-toe game at the age of 15 or 16. That was a good experience because literally uh, when I would go to school, they would, they would literally teach us basic, you know, the basic yeah. Uh, language. Yeah, that is what they were teaching to us. And I mean, that is just so out of the world. Ancient, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, is what my journey has been like. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. I started off with the machine learning, and I made okay. that Flappy Bird AI uh, Need Python oh, yeah? implementation <laughs> that you did, right? And uh, yeah, that was a good experience for me. I made uh, Jarvis uh, as voice assistant, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, right now I'm into uh, web development. I'm learning about development as well. And so I'm trying to mix both of them and to make yeah. something cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, That's... Go yeah, ahead, sir. Two months ago, I actually went into a hackathon and uh, that was a good experience. I was trying to uh, make blockchain application uh, for voting in India. So uh, that was a good experience for me. Uh, so what would uh, be your advice for hackathon? I mean, I know you made a video on it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what would you tell to someone that is just getting into a hackathon? Uh, what would that be? Yeah, so I've only attended one hackathon. So I'm, you know, probably not the best person to ask this question to, but I would say hackathons are great just because you're around so many like-minded people. Like the everyone that's there is there for the same reason as you. Because they love developing, yeah. they like coding, they maybe just really like that environment. And it's just a really cool place to be, especially if you're not surrounding yourself with programmers all the time, which I usually aren't. Most of my friends aren't hardcore programmers. They're in business or they're in other things. So it's a really cool kind of change of scenery. And it, I know a lot of people don't want to go to hackathons because they say, oh, I don't know how to build something or, oh, I'm just learning. That is literally what hackathons are designed for, is for exactly. people that are learning and just yeah. trying to figure out what's out there. And I can't tell you how much stuff I even learned, you know, me, right? You guys might think I'm better than the average person, how much I learned from going to the hackathon because there's all these amazing companies there and they're telling you about all their technologies and tools and the cool things they're doing. And they're like, yeah, you can, you know, pick these different challenges. Um, you can go to workshops, like just my advice, just go to hackathons, like just don't be afraid, even if you alone, I, there's a lot of people that went there alone yeah, yeah. and you know, they, they team up, they can go to workshops. You don't have to stay the whole time. It's like, you have to sleep overnight there. If you want, don't want to just really, it's a great experience. It looks great on a resume. And if you're looking to network too, or even like find an internship or a job, you can talk to all these employers. They have booths. Exactly. They want to talk to you. They're looking for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so so my... that's, I, it's really cool. The hackathon that I participated in was a 30-hour hackathon. So I, I learned how to make smart contracts. And so mm -hmm. that was a good experience. I learned and then I also implemented. So yeah, that was great. Uh, all right, so what would uh, be some habits that you would tell for programmers that would make them more efficient? Habits that would make programmers more efficient. Um, so I don't know if this is necessarily a habit, but I would say the number one thing that'll make you more efficient is learning how to focus. Now, that seems like a really like basic thing to say. Like It seems like that's just common sense. But a lot of people don't actually know how to get into... I don't know what the exact word for it is. I think it's called the flow state or something like that, where you're just so in tune with what you're doing that nothing else distracts you whatsoever. Um, if you can get into that mindset, and I'll kind of talk about how I do that in a second, that will help you tremendously. Because Programming is such a computational thing, right? Like you need to be thinking most of the time, you're not necessarily even typing lines. You're just actually thinking about how to accomplish a task or solve the problem. And that requires tremendous amount of focus and for long periods of time. And it's really difficult to get something done if you can only spend like half an hour in front of your computer or 45 minutes. Because by the time that you've you know spent that 45 minutes, you're probably just entering what I would call kind of the flow state, which is your maximum efficiency. And what I mean by the flow state is you're just so, you're so in tune. You're so dialed in. Like you might yeah. hear, you, if you watch the, like the Facebook movie, I forget, the, the Facebook, I think it's called. Yeah, you'll yeah. hear, you'll the see when they're network. wired in. Yeah, the social network, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And they have the headphones and he's wired in. That's literally what I'm talking about. You're yeah. so deeply focused on what you're doing that, and that just helps you tremendously. And the way that I try to do that is to eliminate distractions. Personally for me, I'll see if I can grab it here actually. I have this fidget spinner. And this is literally my entrance to the flow state. Like I'll just sit here at my desk and just spin this fidget so that I don't have to go on my phone. I don't have to, you know, 
write and try to do something else. I'm just like completely focused and dialed in. And what I would encourage people to do is try to do that. Even if it's only right. for 20 minutes, even if you start off yeah. slow, like just, just get into it, get super focused, get dialed in. And that comes when you're passionate and you like programming too, right? So I, that, that's like the number one habit I would say that helps. Uh, the second one would probably just be thinking about what you're going to do before you do it. I see so many amateur programmers specifically that just tr like try 25 different things and like eventually something works. I would really encourage you to think about your implementation first, like write it out on a piece of paper, like draw diagrams and pictures before you start actually coding, because that gives yeah. you a good idea in your mind. And then all you have to do is translate the code, which is typically easier than thinking about it while you code at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, no, th that makes perfect sense to me. Even I have felt uh, sometimes that something is not working and then uh, an Instagram notification pops on my phone and then I start looking over there and then my complete focus goes off. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so in a field like program, it's just so important to stay focused. Like there's so many things you're thinking about. Like there's so many different, I don't even, I, it's hard to describe it. Just focus is like in programming, that's one of those things that you need to master. And I definitely didn't get that until I was older and had more experience but it helps so much in just eliminating distractions and being able to sit at the computer. Yes, you can take breaks, obviously, but what I mean is when you're there, you're dead, you're committing all of your focus to that one activity, like close discord. You know, I like to put music on in the background because that lets me have something kind of there, so like to not distract me, but just allow me to not have to use another distraction, if that makes any sense. Like even that's why I have the fidget spinner, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So let's actually talk about machine learning and deep learning right now because sure. we have a lot of tutorials for that, right? So yep. uh, what is the biggest myth that you think people have around machine learning? The biggest myth that people have around machine learning. So people that aren't programmers, I think that when they hear of AI and they hear of machine learning, they think of this magical black box where like something comes in, it does all this stuff and then something comes yeah. out, right? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people realize that machine learning and artificial intelligence specifically are actually just crazy amounts of math. It's just really high level math that even I am not capable of understanding. Um, yeah. And I think that's a misconception a lot of people have. And I'm not, this doesn't necessarily mean you need to be good at math to do these fields. Just understand that everything is logical. It makes sense. <laughs> Things work yeah. for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. And I, that, that's a huge myth. Like that's a lot of people just think that it's just, you know, Google just came up with this thing and it's gonna become self-aware <laughs> and do this. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe, I don't know, but. Like there's just so much math and that's why people will say the best computer scientists are actually mathematicians and like computer science was built by mathematicians, like the entire field, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's Unless all you logic. Unless you have like a stat 101 yeah. course in your college yeah. that, that talks about linear regression and, you know, uh, squared error and all that stuff, then you won't know exactly what's going on under the hood. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that I, I find is really interesting is picking this machine learning thing, right? That like, you have a general idea of what it is, you've seen it used, but you don't know how it works, and then diving into the math behind it. And it's not even necessarily that you have to understand the equations or look at all the lambdas and all that stuff. Just understanding the fact that this is actually like a really well-defined mathematical procedure. There's a lot of statistics, there's a lot of areas of math, even sometimes like physics, uh, yeah. you know, what is it, linear algebra, all combined together to be able to create this. Um, and that's why I got into it because I was so fascinated and I'm, I'm fairly good at math. I'm not by any means, you know, a math prodigy or anything, but yeah. I just think it's really interesting to see the math that you're learning that a lot of people say is useless is actually very useful and it's applied in machine learning in even more advanced capacities than you'd ever, you know, imagine. So, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know if this would be a strange question to ask, but uh, do you think that uh, AGI 
will be coming anytime soon. I mean, the general EGI? intelligence that, yeah, I mean, like artificial general intelligence that people, you know, fantasize about. Mm, I'm not sure. I, uh, I almost want to defer answering that because I, I don't know enough about the field and about kind of the new things that are happening. I'm more focused on learning like the fundamental concepts. So I don't know about all the new releases and all the things that are coming out. So I don't think I'm informed enough to say that. Uh, but I think that, you know, artificial intelligence at some point, I don't know if this is what you're getting at, will become, I think it's, what is it, symbiotic or something? It'll yeah, become yeah. integrated with with mm -hmm. humans. Um, I mean, you see that with Elon Musk's Neuralink thing. I think that's Neuralink, inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's something that is going to happen. Uh, I mean, he talks about it, right? The transmission speed is the biggest issue. Is like if exactly. we could just immediately tell the computer what it is we wanted, we'd be able to get information very quickly. Right. I think that I think that's going to change a lot of things. I think it's really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think? You think it's coming soon? You you probably know more about it considering you asked that question. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I don't know much <laughs> about it. I, I just like to read a little bit about it, and I have a bunch of friends at my college. Yeah. So they they talk a lot about it. I mean, I don't think it's any anytime uh, will be coming soon, but okay. maybe in the distant future, we never know, right? I mean, there might be some sort of new revolution that might come up and because of that, something happens. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, what I usually look at is the fact that, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't even have so much of what we rely on today. What's going to happen in another 20 years, right? So yeah, having this exponential growth right now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What is like the, the, the future that you are looking at uh, right now for your YouTube channel and now that you'll be going into Microsoft for your internship, will you still sure. be making YouTube videos? Yes. To answer that question, yes. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. If not, this and is Microsoft only going to give me more content. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Microsoft knows about my YouTube channel. That's the reason yeah, I even sure. probably got yeah. the job at Microsoft is because exactly. of my YouTube channel. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, from everyone that I talked to there, a lot of them were really interested in what I were doing and they definitely supported it. So for sure, I mean, obviously I have to be careful that I don't, you know, give away any inside secrets or things exactly. like that. But 100%, I'm going to be making YouTube videos. Um, I also, it's very unlikely that I'll be actually traveling to the United States for the internship based on what's happening now. Um, yeah. So it's likely that I'm going to be doing it remotely, which is actually almost a bit better for me. It means I have more of an opportunity to make YouTube videos. Um, yeah, the future of my channel. I mean, I'm actually gonna be starting a podcast soon. That's kind of why I wanted to hop on here too, just to do a little practice run and see how you do yeah, things. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And then I'm just planning on growing it and continuing to do what I'm doing and just do it better every single day, regardless of what else I'm doing outside of, uh, you know, outside of YouTube, it's not going to affect the channel. Uh, Microsoft, the reason, you know, I'm going there to intern is not because I necessarily need to. Uh, it's just yeah. because I wanted to try something out and try something else, right? Like while I'm young, I wanted exactly. to see what I do. I want to work at one of these big high yeah, tech yeah. companies. Um, mm -hmm. You know, would I rather do that? Do I want to work for myself? Do I want to run under my corporation the entire time? I just want to taste some different things and try them out while I'm young. And I think that if anything, Microsoft is going to give me a ton of experience. I'm going to meet a ton of great people and it's only going to open up more opportunities. And I'd love to do some internships yeah. at Microsoft again. I'd love to do them at some other companies, right? So yeah, it's definitely not going to affect the channel. If anything, I think it's going to make the channel better. It's going to give me some more content to talk about and some more real work experience, which I think I can share with you guys in the audience, right, and help everyone out. So, yeah. Really looking forward for your podcast and those videos, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to hear. I mean, I'm looking forward to them as well. I'm getting all the podcasting equipment in today. I'm going to set up the whole thing. I might have to ask you for some tips. We'll see. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, I, I have one last question for you. And sure. that would be, what are you most excited about going forward into this new decade? And uh, yeah. 
what am I most excited about going forward into this new decade? It's hard to answer that. There's a lot of things that I'm really looking forward to. Um, honestly, as what am I most excited about? Probably just to see where technology really goes. Um, I it just even over the few years that I've been using technology, like what I'm holding right now, even like the phones that we have, like the things that I'm able to access as a consumer are just so amazing. And I don't I can't imagine how much better they're going to get, but I'm really excited to see what they do. I'm also really excited for these large corporations to see what effect they start having on the world. Because I think as they grow larger and larger, and even now are more powerful than some governments, I'm really yeah. interested, maybe not necessarily excited, but interested to see what's going to happen. Uh, because I don't know, you know, are they going to start taking over whole regions? We we see people like Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon building almost their entire cities, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just, it, it's yeah. interesting to see what's going to happen because these big, massive tech giants um, are just coming out with so much innovative things like year over year. Just look at how much Google's grown in the past even five, 10 years. What are they going to look like in 10 years? And that's probably what I'm most excited about. Um, you know, maybe a little bit scared, a little bit excited, mixed emotions. But I really am, you know, interested and I talk about it all the time on what's going to happen when, you know, we start getting more and more in just this tech filled world. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. We are living in some amazing times. So I'm really excited for what will be happening in tech and going forward in this new decade. All right. For sure. uh, thank you so much, Tim, for joining me here for this podcast. I hope the audience will be able to learn something from this. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much. I hope to see you again. Uh, and yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. So that was Tim from Techware Tim. Let me know what's your biggest takeaway by DMing me on Instagram at Ishan Sharma 7390. And also let Tim know that you are listening to the episode at Techware Tim on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. Make sure that you leave a rating for this podcast. It really means the world to me. You've taken the extra time to help me out uh, so that other people can discover this podcast. Thank you so much. And I'll hope to talk to you soon. Bye-bye.